0: Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet celebrating Christmas with protein packs. Ugh. Merry Christmas, boys. <laughs> it's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two sons, sons who, haven't. who haven't. So welcome to episode number 62, covering the 2009 autumn special. Yes, that's Autumn special, Waters of Mars. This is the one where the doctor goes off the deep end while vacationing on Mars. The TARDIS lands on Mars, stop saying the word Mars, as (laughs) Bowie Base 1 is chugging along growing crops for a great Thanksgiving dinner in a few months. Christmas dinner? Thanksgiving dinner? We never decide. The doctor realizes this is the first human colony on Mars and suddenly decides it's time to go. But something strange is happening. They contact the biodome only to get a growl in response. They investigate and find one of the crew members has turned into something. Something really flippin' scary-looking. Whatever it is, it's spreading through the water, and it's producing water, and it's like really creepy. The Doctor eventually confesses to Captain Adelaide Brooke that this is the day that history records that she detonated Bowie Base 1, inspiring mankind to keep venturing into the stars. No one ever knew why, until now. The Doctor wants to help, but he can't. That is, until he does. The Time Lord, Victorious, starts kicking Major Butt, fighting the Flood, Time itself, and even Captain Adelaide if he needs to. He manages to save just three of the colonists, but he's gone a little too far. The Time Lord, Victorious, is wrong. Captain Adelaide kills herself to restore the timeline, and the sad doctor leaves. The end. Story number 201, originally airing November fifteenth, two 2009, to, holy cow, wait for it, guys, 10.32 million viewers. Holy moly! I think we
1: finally beat the first episode.
0: I, you know, I, I meant to uh, I meant to pull that up uh, and and forgot. Um, Corbin, do you, can you grab hit hit mute on your thing because otherwise we're we're gonna get we're gonna get the explosion of doom again from the TARDIS <laughs> website, uh, the Wikia website. But uh, pull it up and and go find what the viewership numbers were on on that first episode i know it was in the 10 millions mm-hmm, but i don't yeah. remember point what exactly it was so uh, this was written Ten at 10.81 10.81 so, point eight one. so uh, very yeah. close, close within a half a million so that's that's but uh, if i'm if memory serves this is the first time we've seen 10 million mm-hmm. uh, yeah. since then right i don't mm-hmm. remember anything else being 10 I million think, viewers uh, except maybe um, maybe journey's end maybe but wow. i even that one i think was nine point something yeah, so at any rate nine. um this one was written by our man rtd russell t davies and phil ford uh congratulations to him uh directed by graham harper i didn't catch the harper moment on this one did y'all you know where that you, you see somebody's face like through a lens or <clears throat> i mean unless you count like well no i guess there were several times where somebody looked through a portal but portal one, Yeah, one episode, they counted that, and I was like, "nah, it wasn't really distorting their face Mm. or anything. But
1: uh, this is... You know, I wonder if this is just something that the fandom has completely made up, and now we're trying to (laughs) prove to themselves. Well, you know, a signature thing
0: doesn't necessarily have to be in every episode that you do, I guess. So Mm. maybe it's like, it's his thing, but he doesn't always do it every single time. (laughs) So yeah, you're probably right, though. Probably the last one that we saw with him... It was a bit of a stretch, but, um, this is sadly Graham Harper's last episode of doctor who, at Mm. least up until today. Um, Mm. so we're in uh, August of 2019. This was his last episode. So unless he is doing something in season 12 or something, uh, or beyond, uh, this one, we've been talking about this guys. This episode was also nominated for a 2010 Hugo award in the category of best dramatic presentation, short form. And this was, if you'll remember along with the next doctor and planet of the dead. Now the difference between this episode and those is that this one won. So you had three episodes literally in a row, next doctor, planet of the dead, waters of Mars, all nominated for Hugo awards. And this one actually won it, uh, that year, 2019. So, um, and, and last time I think I got my, I got my information mixed up. Um, the next doctor was the, uh, 2008. No, 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 that's right. It was the 2008 Christmas special because we're in 2009 talking about this. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the timeline and all kinds of, uh, shenanigans, uh, Mm -hmm. that were happening with that. Um, and actually I think that was our next thing. All right. So guys do me a favor. I've 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 blacked out the next section of notes. Mm-hmm. Don't read them while I'm while I'm going over this section because you're gonna you're gonna run away and get ahead of me here. So, but right. uh, so remember how they kept flashing to the the news stories? Yeah. yeah. And Cor- Corbin would every to say, time so- I said
1: this looks like a website from the 2000s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
0: This looked like a website from 2009 <laughs> because it was 2009 when it was done. But <laughs> not only in 2059. That it still looked like 2009, but then like stories of Susan uh, Fa- Fontana Brooks even further in the future, mm-hmm. presumably 20 more years in the future, it still looked like BBC.co.uk in 2009. Mm. Uh, so one of those news stories mentioned the Dalek invasion. I, we didn't do this, but I, you know, if you pause, there is all kinds of information. It's an
1: entire thing there.
0: Yeah. So, um, for example, you get the fact that, uh, Captain Natalie Brooks was born May 12th, 1999. Uh, so, um, I, I had an interesting connection there cause that 99 was when I graduated June of 99. And so I was thinking, wow, you know, somebody who graduated the year that I was born, you know, in this episode, she's, you know what 60 years old or whatever um and and a pioneer off to to colonize mars so it's your generation guys y'all gotta go (laughs) go to mars uh it's yeah so i mean think about it that makes that makes adelaide like y'all's generation Mm -hmm. did you think about that Hmm. as we were watching the episode so this was this was a rare near future episode of doctor who where we're not you know Mm -hmm. in the year 5 billion and we're not in you know, yeah. Pompeii. We're just a little bit in the future. So one of the news stories that pops up on, uh, on the webpage about Adela- uh, about Adelaide's parents is that the, it mentions the Dalek invasion in 2008. So if you'll recall the, the, uh, the episode, the, the, the two-part episode, um, oh no, what is it? Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Mm -hmm. that's what it's talking about is when the daleks invaded and then moved the planet right the stolen earth Mm -hmm. so the invasion actually in universe the invasion actually happened in 2009 even though the episode aired in
1: 2008
0: Hmm. Hmm. what okay So timelines are weird. Let's go back. Yeah, this one is bizarre. Okay. This is one I didn't even pick up on, except remember, remember last week when I was talking a little bit about how there was some, some arguments about the time and there was a, there was like a a book or a comic or something that said one time and the shows said another time. And remember I I said, I went down that rabbit hole, but then the end of the article in the TARDIS was like, and the TARDIS Wikia was, ah, but that's, you know. That's the comics. So let's forget about what the comics said because who cares? Mm-hmm. And then we and then we kind of talk about canon. Um, so other than that, I didn't pick up on any of the problems here. Maybe because I wasn't pausing and freeze framing and mm-hmm. reading all of the news stories. But let's go back. Let's go back to the episode "Aliens of London." Mm-hmm. In that episode, the Ninth Doctor took Rose one year into the future.
2: Mm-hmm. Is this By ringing accident. any bells? By accident. Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And when, remember, they showed back up, and Jackie and Mickey had been hanging up missing persons posters, mm-hmm. and everything. they were freaking out because she was gone for a year. Okay? So what that meant was, that was a 2005 episode that jumped forward to 2006. All right? Apparently, what this means is that every episode since then has been one year in the future. Huh? Why?
1: Don't know. But the doctor never, never. Why is that the logical conclusion? This one episode took place because he never went back, I guess. But then he goes to Pompeii and he returns to the current
0: day. And anytime he he returns to the current day, it is the current day plus one year. I know, I know. So apparently this caused no end of confusion for not only fans, but writers. Which what? is why you have um, the, the 2008 episode, Stolen Earth and Journey's End, actually took place in 2009. Because anything happening in the show is happening one year in our future.
2: So if he punched in 2008, he would land in 2009?
0: No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's that anytime they say, anytime that they come back to the present in universe like, for Rose. The
2: present is Rose, wherever
0: you are. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, when you come back to the present for Rose or mm. Martha or the Do- or, or the Donna <laughs> or the <clears throat> Dr. Donna, you are coming back to their present time, which is one year ahead of our present time. It's bizarre, okay. Uh, it's bizarre, and isn't so that
2: only for Rose, though. That's
0: why no, nope, because Rose what, is the one
2: that went into the field. According
0: to the Wikia, it's this is the way it is now. It's just what? a wiki. You <laughs> that's
2: know. just stupid. That doesn't make
1: any sense. I don't know
0: how much backing they have on this, Honestly, but it intrigues me. Sounds like the sort of
1: elaborate. Wiki? Yes. Like troll that yes. someone would play? Mm. No, no, no. I don't think Just this is... slightly confusing. At, confuse them at, at
0: worst, at worst, this is someone really overthinking this. But apparently mm-hmm. that's... Uh, so when the, when the news article said that the Dalek invasion happened in 2008, it was caused by the confusion that even the writers themselves had. Because the writers were saying, wait a minute, when did we do that episode? Oh, that episode aired in 2008. So that means the Dalek invasion happened in 2008. And it's like, no, no, no. It was 2009. Now, the reason that this is important is because Adelaide was born in 1999. So if the Dalek invasion happened in 2008, the oldest she could be is nine years old. Mm -hmm. But it said that she was 10 years old when it happened.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is so
0: (laughs) not (laughs) not important.
2: Nobody nobody should even be able to notice these things but aren't
0: you glad we spent five minutes talking about it?
2: yes of course okay. this is so great
0: <laughs> now I I didn't I didn't find what they were referencing but the wikia ended that that little synopsis there by saying this will n- was not resolved until the end of time which is the next mm-hmm. episode the the next two-parter that we're gonna watch so apparently in the end of time, we're going to reset and get back on the right timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Why? So that that when Eleven shows up in the present, it will be the correct year.
1: There's like more confusing stuff about this. I think it was the episode with the Master where it was the year that never happened, where something at the end of the episode happens that causes them to lose the entire year they just spent. Yeah. So it's just ridiculousness. Yeah. The, yeah. The,
0: in the, the beginning of the second episode, a year has gone by since the first episode while Martha's been literally walking the earth.
3: But then, yeah,
0: they, they erase all of that and that year never happened. So fun stuff. It's all right. confusing. So uh, the cast this week, uh, there was a bunch of people in there, um, but really I just wanted to, to zero in on Adelaide Brooke. Um, she was played by Lindsay Duncan. Lindsay Duncan just a few weeks after this episode aired the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movie came out in which she played Alice's mom and apparently she played Alice's mom in in Alice in Wonderland and then the mm-hmm. sequel that came out a few years later Alice's and-
1: mom Can you have a more obscure mm-hmm. but Random slightly character. important yeah. character? Well, like I don't think she's even in the original book other than just being referenced as a person who exists in, in the, in Tim Burton's movie, she's a a slightly bigger
0: character. Still not, not huge or, you know, anything like that. But, uh, so she also played in an episode of Sherlock in 2014. So we, you know, we're, we're always looking for the doctor who Sherlock, uh, overlaps there and everything. And at, okay. So this is interesting when the episode aired, She was listed by the BBC as a companion of the Doctor. Now, I'm sure there's a whole Eh. episode we could do on companions. and Maybe maybe we need to team up with Jared and do a .5 episode on what exactly is a companion. Because I usually think of a companion as someone who goes on at least one adventure in the TARDIS. If
2: you ride in the TARDIS. If you traveled in the TARDIS, then you're a companion.
0: Well, then that would make make Adelaide Brooke a companion. It would also make Yuri a a companion and Mia a companion because they rode in the TARDIS.
2: Anyone who rides in the TARDIS, I say, is technically a companion.
1: All right. Wasn't it more along the lines, according to the canon, that if you got a TARDIS key, you were officially a companion? I don't know. So that's only three people and the robot. (laughs)
0: Right, <laughs> So the robot's so and companion Gadget's a companion Because he got a key yeah. and rode in the TARDIS uh, So at any rate Because they listed her as a companion of the Doctor On the BBC website This uh, At the time of the episode She was 58 years old uh, uh, Lindsay Duncan Which made her the oldest actor To play a companion At age 58 And I'll just say Let's see how long that holds up <laughs> And just leave it there. Uh, All right, so, uh, guys, Noobs in the Hoofian is brought to you by R5 Website Management. Uh, We've told you about this before, guys. You can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Go to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. So make sure you get all of the hosting, all of the emails, all of the securities, all of the domains, and everything that you want. Throw it all in the basket and check out with the code NOOBS to get 15% off and get started on your website today. All right, that brings us to the checklist. All right, Creature of the Week. Uh, It is never said, not really said in the episode. The closest we get is one time the doctor says, one drop, that's all it takes, one drop, then the flood. Apparently, whatever it was
1: is called the flood. What? What? They probably just like called it that in the script or something so it, that they mm. could have something to call could be, it. Could be. Could uh, be. The uh, We never figured out what was under the glacier. I just realized yeah, that. Because it just started cracking annoying.
2: and then nothing really happened. I'm
1: assuming the, the
0: rest of the whatever it is that was frozen in the water.
1: Mm. Yep, I I'm guess.
0: assuming. Yeah,
1: I'm assuming.
0: So, uh, the in the um, what should we call it in the Doctor Who Confidential for this episode, they consistently refer to them to the creature uh, or creatures or whatever as the flood. That's what they keep calling. Hmm. And uh, there is a great uh, behind the scenes look at how they did the water coming out of the mouth effect. And apparently, oh, yeah. that was that I was know? very very. Originally, it was a skull cap because the water was supposed to trickle down from like their hair. But basically when they tested it out, it was like drowning the actors (laughs) because it's like running in their eyes, going in their nose, all this kind of stuff. So they ended up rigging up these hoses. They come up from, come up behind their neck around the side to uh, right, right under their nose above their lip. And that's why their faces look, you know, you can tell that there's a lot of prosthetics Going Mm -hmm. on right there, I thought that was just the crazy makeup, but apparently it's the crazy makeup laid over top of two hoses right here, and so maybe
2: that's why they had the crackly mouth place just for that,
0: just to hide that. I think I think it was part of the original concept anyway. I never understood why that that was there though.
1: Why? What was where? Just have. Cracked mouths and they're dripping water everywhere. Those two don't seem to go together very well. It's
0: so just... I didn't notice it until this time watching it that the doctor said uh, the 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 what's going on with their mouths? They're you know it's like their mouths are cracked, and he said something about there must be some sort of internal fission going on, and he said that they don't just they're not just in the water; they make water. Mm. So apparently, what it is is. Whatever the flood is, makes water through some sort of fission process with whatever is around it. So the reason their Mm -hmm. mouths were cracked was because their body was going through fission and being transformed into water. Mm. That was, yeah, right? Listen, listen. That very logical conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) This was the fourth or fifth time I've seen this episode. And this was the time that I finally got it.
2: I thought because the water was being drained out of them, all of their skin was drying up or something like that.
0: Originally I thought the water was the creature. Or whatever. Like we never really apparently it's something in the water. It's like a it's like a bacteria or something like that in the water. And so And
1: then there was the eyes bit and then the fact that her eyes were different. And then that was never mentioned again. That yeah, was a little weird. It,
0: it was sort of he, again. He sort of mentioned it when he was talking about the fact that it could wait, so she didn't transform immediately. It waited until she got inside. So I guess maybe it only partially transformed. Or, I don't know. I'm with you. It didn't. It didn't. Mm. It didn't all make sense. But when you see the uh, the process that they get that they went through to come up with that hose rig, and then what's funny is in the behind the scenes thing, it looks terrible. It uh-huh. looks. Imagine if you had two hoses pointed you know that are in the middle of your upper lip pointed across your mouth and just streams of water shooting out of it that's what it looked like in the behind mm-hmm. the scenes testing and you get a glimpse of that did y'all did y'all catch there was the one moment where they did like kind of a close up of one of the guys and the water's running out of his mouth and then there's kind of this little squirt that went off to the side yeah that's what it was I saw that
1: several times yeah, yeah I saw that several yeah. times yeah they had
0: to they had to control uh, the the uh, the the flow of the water to make it so that it trickled out of their mouths like that because if they just turned it up, it just went psh, and shot out of their their upper lip and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So that must have been like a moment where they they misjudged it and overshot and just left it in for whatever reason. So uh, this is this is possibly one of my favorite creatures of the week. I mean this, mm. the the waters the flood whatever you want to call it is kind of right up there with the. Uh,
2: Weeping Angels. Yeah,
0: right up there with the Weeping Angels as far as creep factor, Definitely. as far as mm-hmm. their look. I think
1: appearance-wise... I appearance think they wise, look amazing. I think appearance-wise... Like they still
2: hold up. Honestly.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. hold up. My one problem with them is you have the initial jump scare where he's like, ah, freaky face, and then the fear of it just kind of wears off, and I don't feel like they're as scary mm, yeah, the more you see them.
0: I disagree.
1: <laughs> You're the but- one that thought the Slitheen were scary so you can be- <laughs> what are you trying to
2: say <laughs> little babies with claws they're so scary
1: terrified me for months
0: <laughs> I I it, the longer I looked at these things the more disgusted I was just by their them. Eyes they're just so terrible too like just oh, the yeah. The way they
2: stare at you was the like, crazy,
0: the crazy white older? eyes with, but they still have the, the pinhole pupil in the middle of them. Yeah, and yeah. like, oh, anyways, I, I loved them. Uh, I, the rest of the checklist, we didn't have a lot going on. We didn't get a, a real well. We didn't get an I'm sorry. Uh, did we? We didn't get an I'm sorry in this episode. No, no, we, we did. We did. Not, well, he not said, the I'm so sorry. He didn't say I'm no. sorry. I'm so sorry. Did he?
1: I don't think he
0: did. He
2: said, I'm sorry. To, what was the girl? She's like, he said, I'm sorry. We... I'm so sorry. Or whatever. He's like, I'm sorry, but I have to go. I'm sorry. Or whatever. I don't think he I don't think he said, think think he said the whole. Full, yeah, yeah sorry, that's sorry. He,
0: he said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but he didn't say, I'm so sorry. So uh, we didn't get an Alonzi. This wasn't the right episode for that. We, uh, we didn't get a what. We didn't get anything that was impossible. I mean, a lot of the stuff on the checklist is kind of like fun stuff. Yeah, and this yeah. was not a fun no, type no. of episode uh, until the end. The doctor kind of, the doctor seemed to be having fun when he was losing his mind.
2: At <laughs> yeah, the end, yeah. So
0: yeah. Uh, we didn't have anything specifically about the time war, other than a whole lot of conversation about him being the last of the Time Lords, mm-hmm. which, as we know, is you know it's, it's a result of the time war. But that was that was kind of it. Not really much in the way of gibberty jabberty, uh, jiggery pokery. Did we have? I mean, did we have anything noteworthy? He unlocked the door with the sonic. I mean, yeah. you know, was there anything else? He, oh, I guess he souped up the robot, didn't he? Mm-hmm.
1: That was
2: actually that pretty was, epic.
1: He's like just starts messing with it or whatever and then it And has, then
2: the dude just rocket keeps getting boosts shot in nowhere. And the guy was like, uh whatever. Can I tell you
0: that was my least favorite part of the entire episode? I know. Him shaking like that for no apparent reason yeah. and just them cutting back and forth. To him, I'm thinking, how long did that poor guy have to stand there and go... Oh, oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. I, I know, like, so, first of all, you grab your sonic screwdriver, point it at this robot or whatever, and suddenly it has rocket boosts <laughs> in the back yeah, when did that leave a that? freaking fire trail behind <laughs> it. Why, do you, why the fire trail, though? And somehow this is Speed. affecting that guy, uh, however... It looked like he was getting yeah, shocked. We're was connected by the mind. I mean, mine. I mean if, there, if, if at
0: some point earlier in the episode, he had said that there was some sort of haptic feedback so that like whatever gadget feels, he
1: feels, that would have made sense. But it, mm. no, there was none of that. So A, mm. why does it have rocket boosts and not use them? Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like God. why make it go at two miles per hour? Uh, yeah. And then B, just what was he doing? And then the doctor didn't care. He did. The, he souped it up with the rocket boost. Oh, he was put it on. To he was yelling.
0: It. He was yelling. He was going ah, a little bit, but not like in a. I'm being electrocuted. The way the other guy did. Uh, yeah, so, right. So apparently, gadget was about as janky in real life as he appeared on screen. So uh, I got to be honest with you, I was not impressed with gadget at all. His arms no. barely moved.
1: And, and he was it's like they were playing it up with the sparks that happened every yeah. time he
0: moved. Right. It yeah. All. Yeah. 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 The CGI like, sparks.
1: How bad is this thing that you like move it? It flinches and sparks <laughs> and does nothing else.
0: So but, that actually that that brings me to the next section under who's who. What do we think of gadget?
1: No. <laughs> I gotta say,
2: I mean, I don't really like, I mean, it's like the doctor said, I don't like gadgets or whatever. Not gadgets. Robots. He like, he robots. doesn't like robots or whatever. For Gadget, I I don't like robots.
0: Personally, mm-hmm. I like a good robot. The problem yeah, is yeah, Gadget yeah. wasn't a good robot.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for some reason, when he said, I don't like robots that are funny, I thought of C-3PO. Just because <laughs> he's not funny, or he didn't think he's funny, but he's intended he's to be.
0: unintentional comic relief. Yes. So... Uh, when when you see uh, Gadget behind the scenes, like I said, he was he's just as junky. Just imagine imagine Gadget being as clunky and janky as he seems on screen, mm-hmm. without the CGI sparks and mm-hmm. without any of the sound effects. Huh. It's just rumbling around and shaking like every time it hit a, re- a, a rock both its arms would shake, you know, and apparently the hand kept falling
1: off. (laughs) Who built this? I don't know. They need to be fired.
0: They really do. There's a great bit in, in the doctor who confidential where they're talking about gadget and they show a scene of him when he first rolls up behind the doctor with the gun in his hand. And he says, you know, freeze, you're under arrest for trespassing. As he's rolling up behind the doctor, you know, he's out, in this quarry. So it's rocky terrain and he's bumping, bumping around and it makes his hand with the gun just fall clean off. And I'm like, what was uh, uh, it held on with? Like, like was it hanging? Super with glue? Like, no, like a paper not clip. I mean, it just like fell flex off tape
1: on that. Yeah. Thing.
0: It's not like it was, it's not like someone threw it off the cliff in the quarry. Huh. It was just rolling along the ground and doing this much hair, and it just yeah. fell right off, you know? So, uh,
1: that
0: was, that was good stuff. All right. So who is the doctor? I love, state your name, rank, and intention. Uh, the Doctor. 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 <laughs> Fun. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> what is your intention, sir? Fun? Fun? I don't know. I love name and rank were the same. That was great.
3: That's
0: um, and they
1: didn't question him about that either. He just said, I'm the Doctor. And they're like, yeah. There was no
0: Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no Doctor Who here. Uh, the, the closest we got to that was when he was talking to the one guy as they were walking down the hall. And he said something, 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 doctor, to the to the other guy. The other and guy. he goes, oh, anytime, doctor. You know, like, what kind of doctor are you? You know, like, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of contempt in his voice. But, yeah. It, it is funny to me that sometimes it is a big, giant deal. What do you mean, the doctor? The doctor who? Mm-hmm. And then other times, it's like, okay, that's totally your name. Your name is the doctor. I have that's no problem true. with mm-hmm. this information.
1: Nice. Yeah, Apparently, so, in 2059, having – a title for a name was just normal. It's just fine. Absolutely <laughs> fine. the doctor. Yeah. And, I, hello, I'm the captain. Uh, so, <laughs>
0: he says, uh, I'm sorry with all of my hearts. <laughs> 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 <That> was <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> Corbin was like, oh, I got to write that one down. So, uh, Oh, Corbin, how about the next bit there? <laughs> I
1: do, what was this? It was in response to
0: him. Oh, this saying. is actually the bit I was just talking about. Yeah. When, uh, when she said something to, the doctor about, why, why did you care that she's only 27? What does her age have to do with anything?
1: And he said, oh, I just opened my mouth and words, they don't make much sense.
0: No, he said, I opened my <laughs> mouth and words fall out. A fall <laughs> Or out come thing. out or something like that. Yeah. And they don't make much sense. So I thought that was great. Oh, Trip amazing. already mentioned uh, he doesn't like funny robots. Uh, Robot dogs, now that's different. Said, that's, I can't. I thought that was funny. Uh, Corbin, what was this next one here?
1: Uh... The maintenance man of the
2: universe. That I was, I, I had stepped amazing,
1: out of the room for a minute. What what was that scene? Remind me. Oh, he was talking about. He did something with the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, he cut like, on the What's lights. that? How did you do that? He's like screwdriver, and she's like, "Are you a doctor or a janitor?" Oh, <laughs> and he
0: said, "That's me, maintenance man of the universe." Yes. Nice, nice. Uh, let's see. He's oh gosh. Um, so then we then we kind of start getting into the more serious stuff. He's not a survivor. He's the winner, the time lord wow. victorious. And I was like, "Wow, that is a dramatic shift in un, in in understanding the doctor's identity." Because mm-hmm. ever since nine, we've been dealing with this you know this something in the past that we still don't quite have all the details about. We just know that he did something he can't seem to forget himself forgive himself for, and so he's the last of the Time Lords. He's the only one to survive. And then all of a sudden, in this episode, he changes his mind. He's not a survivor. He's the winner.
1: I mean, technically, if he's the only one living at the end of that, the end of a war. I mean, except he isn't because all the Daleks and the Master (laughs) and all the Daleks. But then he
2: killed all of them too. Well, I mean, didn't?
1: Yeah, but we know
3: that
0: the Daleks are never actually all
1: mm, dead. So I mean, and as we saw in next time, the the Master is coming back. Apparently, wasn't like the first episode. It was the New Year's special they're like we won't have daleks new year special daleks amazing
0: oh no in the latest season yeah so season uh what was it 11 is that Yeah. yeah season 11 they said no returning enemies it's going to be all new bad guys and aliens and stuff and for that season they kept their word but in the New Year special, it was the Daleks. It's not. That's not part of the season. <laughs> part of the season. <laughs> actually, we're done with the season. Um, so.
2: Actually, if you look on Amazon Prime, it is. So
0: you're wrong. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. It's part of the uh, Christmas specials. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, he's. She says, "Is there nothing?" Adelaide says to him, "Is there nothing you can't do?" And the doctor says, "Not anymore." Yikes. Yikes. Uh, uh, let me, let me ask you guys about this. Um, what do you think? Well, let's see. No, I've got, I've got some, I've got some stuff about this later. So let's, let's come back to the okay. thought that I was just getting ready to express there. So where, Oh, I lost my notes here. Um, who is Adelaide? Did you guys, what do you What did you guys think of Adelaide? Apparently as a companion,
1: uh, she looks too old to be a companion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. Not, I don't know. I didn't like her character all that much. Oh, I don't really? really know why. I just didn't. Oh, I did? Okay. What What didn't you like about her? I don't know. I just didn't like her character all that much. Okay. She was definitely kind of a jerk, especially to that one guy. Like, every time he did anything, she's like, You should. Don't,
3: I don't know. Don't I'm going to find a reason why her. you should me, me. be
1: in trouble. I don't. Okay, so. There Leases was space to help a down person is like, you just did a bad thing. Abandon you, your post. You better die. I'll
0: consider yeah. that a formal warning. Yeah, so there, there was this tension throughout the episode between the two of them. And then, you know, uh, I forget what it was. She said something nice to him and he's like, oh, that's almost a compliment. Things must be really serious. And they kept playing that up. And then the last thing he said before he died was, I hated this job. You never gave me a chance. You never could forgive me. See you later, Nuke. <laughs> what just did he mean?
1: To...
0: Okay, did did I miss something in my five times of watching this episode? I do not
1: think so. Where she couldn't forgive him for something? No, I don't. Okay, what what could it possibly be that she didn't forgive him for yeah. or whatever? Like I just don't. Get I mean, it. it's it seems like there's this
0: whole backstory that they forgot to write <laughs> or that they were gonna write. Or that they did write, and they cut it out, but then they left in that line at the end. It was so
1: good, I forgot to write it.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought it was just her being hard on her second-in-command. And yeah. just, you know, always pushing him to be the best <laughs> and whatever. And then at the end, you know, she shows her true feelings and is like, you know, you're a great guy, and I've loved working with you, and and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wow, that's almost a compliment. And now I'm gonna go die, but <laughs> like there was, but but then they dropped this bomb of, you never could forgive me.
1: <gasps> For what? Like, what? Is, this is a massive plot hole. What could she yeah. not forgive? What happened? Well, it's not a yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, not a plot, plot
0: hole, but it is yeah. a character hole. And and it was like, she didn't even then take the opportunity to say it's okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> nope. He's like, bye, boom. <laughs> so anywho, I thought, I thought that was um, just bizarre. But uh, Trip, what did you think of Adelaide?
2: First off, I got to say, it's not who is Adelaide. It was who was Adelaide.
0: Oh, <laughs> man, you're always, you are always you the are one to bring it back downer. to that.
2: Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> Remember in the last episode, you said like, well, he's the last one now. <laughs> so what about her?
2: I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like Corbin said. She, mm, she like wasn't really I tell you, a good. very
1: strong feelings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me. Okay, well, I, I liked her. I thought I thought she was an interesting character. Kind of
2: annoying. She
0: was she was complicated. I mean, I'm not saying she was like yeah. the best, but I thought she was an interesting character. And I think it was I, I think it was very interesting that you know she she stood up to the doctor. In Mm -hmm. the end, and I'm getting my head ahead of myself again.
1: All right, we need to we need to move on, and we're gonna we're gonna come back to. I love the convenient solar flares as well. Uh It's just like, and now you can't communicate with your families. Oh, that must suck. Convenient plot points, of course. Yes,
0: Uh, would that be things that other stuff we noticed, Corbin?
1: I mm, excellent
0: segue. Yes. Uh, Okay, so we have we have the talk of Adelaide Brooks' granddaughter. Who becomes this pioneer, right? So Adelaide is like failed colonist in that she got nuked. <laughs> so then her granddaughter. You failed
1: because you died. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what? then her granddaughter is inspired by her mysterious death to take humanity to the stars and blah, blah, blah. And again, it wasn't until this watching that I noticed she's in the episode. In the very oh. first scene. The very opening scene, you remember how we were making fun of the one lady whose IMDb profile page picture is that scene that she was in (laughs) in Doctor Who? Yeah. The baby she was holding, she called Susie. Oh, yeah. That was Susan
1: Fontana Brooks. I just thought that was, I was like, oh, there's a baby. She meant He keeps mentioning a granddaughter. That's her. I just figured that was her. Yeah. Yeah. It is her, but it's such a throwaway bit at the beginning of the episode. That I didn't
0: notice it until this time watching. Through. I was like, "Wait a minute! She called her Susie. That's her granddaughter. Oh my gosh!" You know? hey. So it's one of those things where, oh. uh, like Corbin was joking. You know, they introduced a lot of family members.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know we have we have this random apparently mom, her child talking to the mom's mom, talking about Uncle. Boone or Soon. Whatever? Uncle Soon. soon. Which we never hear of or see <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. It's interesting
0: that she didn't say, I heard from your brother or I heard from my uncle. She says, Uncle Soon, which is a very interesting name. And then to give a character a name just mm-hmm. to mention. Anyways, yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Um, we oh, The boys picked up right away as soon as the doctor walked out of the TARDIS that he was wearing the suit from the Impossible Planet mm-hmm. uh, slash, oh gosh, what was the two-parter called, Corbin?
1: Uh, no, 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 it was the, the impossible, impossible planet, planet and I don't, the don't remember Satan the,
0: pit. the Satan pit. Very good. Yes. Very good. I keep wanting to call it the beast below. And that's actually a, an episode next season. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such a similar, I mean the title almost fits, but yeah, yeah the, yeah. the Satan pit and the, yeah, the impossible planet slash the Satan pit. Same, uh, same suit. And not the last time we're ever going to see that suit, by the way. Ah. Uh, let's see right after, uh, Yuri put up the no trespassing sa- sign is when gadget, arrests the doctor for
1: trespassing. Uh-huh. Like uses that I actual didn't actually term. see what that was that he put down at first. It was like oh. I like looked away for half for a second and missed the entire joke. So I didn't mm. get that. Oh, okay, so. yeah, he he
0: wrote on a solar panel no trespassers and then stuck it in the ground. So. <laughs> it's a joke. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's fun stuff. Oh, uh total total kind of Again, side note, behind the scenes type of thing. I paused it when there was a shot of the entire base. And I pointed out, do you remember I pointed out that the biodome looked different? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you if you go back, there's a, a shot where the biodome lights are going out, right? Mm-hmm. And the biodome is like these parallel line ribs. And then the rest of all of the domes are what's called geodesic domes. Looks like the the playground Domes, you know, where it's just mm-hmm, like yeah. all the different lines connecting and like triangles and hexagons and that kind of thing. It's called a geodesic dome. And the reason that the biodome is shaped like that is that they, they filmed at the National Botanic Gardens of Wales. And that's what it looks like on the in- So if you're on the inside of the botanical gardens and you look up, that's what you would see is those parallel ribs. And it's actually not really a dome. I saw mm. one exterior shot of it and it's much, much flatter than that, but it's got these these parallel line ribs. So they had to make the biodome look like that in the CGI so, mock up outside so that it would make sense of what you are uh-huh. looking at yeah. on the inside.
1: I suppose that makes sense, but then why not make all, of, not them make all the of them? Why not make all of them that way? And that was, yeah, what I was thinking. just yeah.
0: except that they look cooler as geodesic domes. They I mean do so. like you
1: would actually probably save a lot by not having to add all the lines, you can just have the parallel lines instead of making these weird, complicated mm-hmm. shapes to make. But it a looks geodesic dome. Or they could have
0: just put a big blue screen up above everything, and you know, put a geodesic ceiling on there or something. I don't know. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And again, that was something I didn't notice until this time watching. Is very small, little detail there. Um, oh, we got a good, we got a good laugh so much so that we had to pause when the doctor starts speaking ancient North Martian. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: why does it have to be north and marsh yeah
0: so he starts speaking we're watching with the closed captioning on as we often do and when he starts speaking it just simply says speaking ancient north martian and we paused it and <laughs> it started cracking ancient. up
1: it was just north no, Mar- no it's it's, no, a, it's, ancient. it's an ancient it? north martian yeah in the close yeah.
0: uh, when i rewound it i that's when i noticed it uh when i when i backed it up and and watched it again. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It even says
1: "Ancient North, North Martian." <laughs> I just read that. I'm like, "Ancient North Martian." You're like, close captioning. <laughs> You're saying this like this yeah. is a common. Everybody yeah. like, knows. Uh, this. You know, it's like saying speaking Dutch or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. like right Martian. A- yeah. No, ancient Martian. North Martian. And, and, and wait, too, the
2: flood are actually Martians. Too many. Or they speak Martian.
0: Well, they're they're from Mars, so they're, yeah, they're Martian. So oh, then why
2: don't we just call them Martians instead of the Flood?
0: Because we call ourselves humans, not Earthlings.
2: But we call them Martians.
0: That's what we call them. Anyways... <laughs> so the uh, then yeah after we unpaused it and he says what language is that the doctor says ancient North Martian and I went oh ah, <laughs>
2: that's
1: how because at first
0: know. I was like some nerd I close in the closed captioning department went digging through the script or something that <laughs>
1: does happen sometimes in closed captioning where you'll see this ridiculous thing someone starts speaking in a different language and it's like speaking in Orcish and I'm like
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing last time uh, chirping.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <Chirping>. <laughs> and then the fly people were chirping and of course the
1: best ones the um oh, uh, what was the all the bubble ones <laughs> oh yeah what are, gurgling
0: gurgling gurgling, yeah. gurgling intensifies <laughs> <laughs> gurgling anxiously
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, speaking ancient north martian through a gurgle while chirping all right so can we talk about the laws of time uh let's see oh you know what did did uh did did something hang on did something get skipped? Uh, you know what? Let's do let's do this. Uh, let's come back to this in a second because I think Jared is going to uh, hit on the topic that I wanted to uh, to talk about. So I want to hear what he has to say, and then then we'll we'll come back to the idea of the laws of time. So uh, before we get to Jared's Classic Who Connection, I want to remind you that Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to us by listeners like you. If you find value in what we're doing, uh, if, if your enjoyment is enjoyable more, What? <laughs> <Words. What? laughs> if, if you enjoy your enjoyment more because of us, uh we, we would just ask uh, you to check out patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian, and you can become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. I told I you last to week. Say, I'm just embracing yeah, it. I'm gonna go with all
1: the weird All
3: right. So
0: our classic Who Connection, Jared, has got some stuff for us.
3: Ground control to noobs in the hoovian. This is Major Jared, bringing you your Classic Who connections about the many times the Doctor has encountered life on Mars. Alright, with the David Bowie references out of the way, we can get into it. So, I'm just, I'm gonna start off like I did last time. We got a few uh, small points that I'm just going to go through right off the bat, and then we'll get into a couple of bigger, meatier points. So, first of all, uh, back in And the Ark of space, the fourth doctor also electrified a bulkhead door as a weapon, as a defense mechanism. We had the doctor talking about robots in this one and how he hates robots. Then after a little back and forth, there's a mention about dogs and he says, oh, dogs, well, that's different. And so that's obviously referring to uh, his robot companion, K-9. So Adelaide early on in the episode talks to the doctor about maybe being the janitor because he's got the sonic screwdriver because all janitors carry sonic screwdrivers, right? In Remembrance of the Daleks, the seventh doctor shows up at a school that the Daleks have secretly taken over. And when the headmaster meets the doctor, he thinks that uh, the doctor has come to interview for the janitor position or caretaker of the school. Okay, maybe that's a loose connection, but still twice the doctor has been accused of being a janitor. And uh, the setting for this particular episode, I thought when the Doctor arrived it was very similar to the setting of the Tomb of the Cybermen, which of course we all just watched. In the Tomb of the Cybermen, you have the second Doctor and his companions coming out of the TARDIS and immediately being held at gunpoint and brought to the expedition that's on the foreign planet uh, that's by a multinational crew that has uh, assembled that expedition. And here in the waters of Mars, you've got the Doctor coming out of the TARDIS and being held at gunpoint, of course, by Gadget, but held at gunpoint and taken to the multinational crew that has brought this expedition to Mars. Uh, it could really just be a coincidence with so many stories going on with Doctor Who. it Maybe they're bound to just repeat, or maybe they looked back to Tomb of the Cybermen and said, hey, that's kind of a fun way to start the episode again. All right, little stuff out of the way. Really, there's there's two big points that I want to cover. And the first one is about fixed points in time. So the doctor has talked about fixed points in time a, a number of times now in New Who, and he never mentioned that in Classic Who. I, there's, there's not one reference that I could find to him specifically talking about fixed points in time. So I never really looked too far into it. I just figured it was a New Who concept uh, that they brought about and Uh, That's that was where I left it. But because it was such a big part of this episode I thought maybe I should look just a little deeper and see if I can find anything And so some people have out there uh, made some connections to the concept of fixed points in time Uh, Even in classic who most of them were pretty minor and not really worth bringing out here But there is one quote from the fifth doctor that I think is is worth uh, sharing because it sums up fixed points in time so well Uh, Even if he doesn't use those exact words. So the fifth doctor says History is tough and most changes we can make are swallowed up in the vastness of the whole But there are certain moments certain events that shape history to such an extent that if they're changed Everything that follows must change. This is one of those moments this is a quote from an audio story, and I know with noobs and the Hoovian, we don't necessarily take those as canon. And and actually, it's very appropriate because in the last episode, the Hoovian talked about why he hasn't really gotten into the audio stories yet, and I never really have either. But I, I did find this on the uh, this quote on the Tardis Wikia, and it's an it's from an audio story about the Council of Nicaea, uh, and this one aired in two thousand and five. So I'm going to count it because. 2005, it aired right around the start of new who. And so these whole concepts of fixed points hadn't really been mentioned yet. And you're really riding the coattails of classic who with the audio ones. And, and it's, it's from a classic who doctor, the fifth doctor. So, uh, I'm going to say it counts. And so really this concept of fixed points really was there in, in, in many ways. If you want more concrete, uh, evidence, there's a, There's a more minor one back with the first doctor when he's out with the Romans and we see that the doctor is responsible for this great fire in, in Rome. Uh, It just sort of inadvertently responsible for it. And uh, so that's kind of the the same, like the fires of Pompeii, except more comical in the Romans and more serious in the fires of Pompeii. But uh, so we see these sort of fixed points concepts, Uh, Happening already in Classic Who, and that quote was just so perfect to to describe why they're fixed points, Uh, and and as we saw in this episode, uh, the Doctor even tried to stop a fixed point, and he couldn't, uh, tragically. So I I thought that was kind of interesting, even though he didn't they they didn't use the words fixed point in Classic Who, uh, the concept is still there. All right, and of course the one the part you've all been waiting for, I'm sure. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the Ice Warriors. So the original story, the Ice Warriors, is a lost story. You won't find it on BritBox. Episodes two and three out of a total of six episodes are still missing, but they have been animated and you can buy and watch the whole story. So hopefully those missing episodes will be found someday. And if you're really interested in seeing the original Ice Warriors, you can go out and buy it and watch it. Um... But here's just a brief synopsis, so maybe you get some background about the Ice Warriors, or at least where they started in, in uh, Classic Who. So the, the Doctor and his companions, Jamie and Victoria, whom you know already, uh, land on Earth in an Ice Age that's set in the future. And they find that humans are trying to stop the advance of a glacier, or glacier if you're British... Uh, by the use of an ionizer device. I don't know how an ionizer device is supposed to stop a, uh, a, a advancing ice, but apparently if you shoot a lot of ions at ice, it will melt it. Why not? So uh, an ice warrior is found buried in the glacier, and as it's thawed, it revives. He says his name is Varga, and he is the captain of a Martian spaceship that came to Earth centuries ago. And soon Varga is able to unfreeze his ship and the rest of his crew. And now he wants to conquer Earth because Mars is a lifeless planet now. So it can't go back to that. So that's where I'm going to leave you with that story because I don't want to put out too many spoilers uh, out there in case people wanted to go watch it. Uh, but that's kind of where the Ice Warriors come into the universe, And so and, and they are... A race from Mars, just as we see in the waters of Mars, or hear about them in the waters of Mars, and that's a—it's a really interesting concept that uh, the the doctor makes that connection that maybe with their power, because they're so huge and powerful, they were able to lock this virus, this uh, creature, this whatever you guys decide uh, the 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 baddie is here—they um, were able to lock it inside the ice. And the humans, unfortunately, unlocked it and unleashed it upon themselves with that unfiltered water that they used. That's not the only time, though, that the uh, Ice Warriors came into play. And you can actually go watch a couple of episodes with the Ice Warriors in it. Um, You can go see the complete story on BritBox, uh, The Seeds of Death. And that's with the uh, sixth season. And it's, again, with the second Doctor. And so this time the doctor runs into the ice warriors on the moon and they, the ice warriors are up there kind of hiding and spreading a Martian fungus on earth in an attempt to destroy it. So the doctor has to save earth. There's also the uh, third doctor story, the monster of Peladon. And I actually can't recall that I've seen that one. It's not something I've, I've watched yet. Uh, but apparently the Ice Warriors are some sort of mercenary force. So I don't know if they just dropped the whole Ice Warriors doing their own thing and just wanted to include them because they had the costumes or something or uh, and, and they were cool and popular, or uh, if that somehow ties into their existence. I'm not sure, and I just didn't have the time to watch it or uh, really research it more this week. So... Uh, maybe someone, uh, it's on BritBox, so maybe someone out there can help us out. So I'm kind of torn on this one, to be honest. I thought it was an excellent concept that they they played through very well, building up this situation where, th- where the doctor is questioning his very core, his very being about uh, a, a time lord and what he can and can't do and, and being caught in the middle of such a tragic situation where he could have saved almost all of them, but was it really the right thing to do? And, and even then, the person he really connected with and wanted to save, he couldn't. And so I thought they did a great job of offering that, that dilemma. Okay, so, but now here's my issue with the episode. You have a crew of highly trained astronauts. These are more sophisticated than anything the Earth that we know of in, in real life. Uh, anything that we've ever seen and so they'd have to be disciplined they'd have to be very dedicated everything would have to be planned out as best they can and in as greatest control as they can to do something that sophisticated on the on Mars and to reach Mars with what looks to be similar technology to what we have today just just a little more advanced stuff and yet you have someone who just says, okay, one filter is down. And of course the things don't fit in and I don't have the discipline to come up with anything to fix it. So I'm just going to let the water run unfiltered. That is the loophole that they, you know, that, that's the, that's the hole that they found that allows this virus or whatever to, to infect everyone. It feels too weak to me. It, It doesn't feel as plausible as it, could or should have been. And it just, so I I feel like you've got this wonderful episode. Everything about it is really well done, but I just feel like that's too big of a plot hole, uh, to, to go unnoticed. So, you know, it's, it doesn't take it down. Obviously it doesn't ruin the whole episode for me. You, you can easily chalk it up to suspension of disbelief and just say, well, okay, that's how the story is, is going. And that's not really the big point of the story. The big point is the the doctor's dilemma, and so that's great. But it did take me out of it a little bit to to see that that's the excuse that was offered up. Not gonna again, not gonna take a huge point off of it. Of it but this would be at like a nine nine point five for me, and it it takes it down to like an eight. Okay, I'll say eight point five. Projectile vomiting water jets. There's an image for you that we got to see in that episode and creep level this is a creepy one i don't care how you slice it just the look of the people uh would have been uh, that were infected would have been uh, uh creepy enough but to give them uh, a power that can penetrate through most anything because water just finds its way as the doctor talks about water's patient i mean talk about a- an enemy that you just can't fight i mean even the doctor with of course he had limited resources but even the doctor couldn't figure out a way to fight it. He just happened to have the TARDIS, so they found a way to escape it. So I will, uh, I, I, I'd will, i say the creep level is way up there, at 375 levels. So uh, thank you as always to uh, TARDIS, Wikia, and to BritBox for the information and for the helping me with the research. And uh, thanks to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections, and I look forward to the Fathom event. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. Hopefully, everyone listening out there is going to find their way to a movie theater and and head to the Fathom event for the last story, Uh, the the two-parter and the last story for the 10th Doctor. I I can't wait. This is going to be really fun to see it on the big screen and, and all the extra stuff that they've got included. So looking forward to that and bringing you more Classic Who Connections after the Fathom event next time.
0: Awesome. So um, he, he didn't get into um, uh, the, the ethical quandaries of the, of the uh, laws of time, but he did give us some good perspective on how much has this been talked about in uh, the past. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I wanted to, to focus on. Can we talk about the laws of time? So mm-hmm. the doctor you know, really struggled with the laws of time here. At the beginning, um, his curiosity kept him
1: there even though he knew he should have left, right? He kept yeah. saying, I should really go. I should really go. You say I his really curiosity go. kept him. At the very beginning, they just straight up wouldn't let him leave. Yeah. But. Uh, that's true.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. But then every, t- every chance he got, you know, he's like, I should, I should be going. I should go. I yeah. should go. I'm going to go. I should go.
1: You know what? Yeah, Adelaide. I
0: mean. <laughs> yeah. So um, during, the, during the showdown with Adelaide, towards the end, though, he stood firm right? I, I can't help you. I'm sorry, but I just can't help you. Um, she uh, lets him go. And as he's walking away, he, oh man, why didn't you just cut off the radio? Like he's I listening on, on, the, on the radio inside his suit, listening to each one of them die one by one. And it just got to be too much for him. Mm-hmm. So after, you know, they're down to just three, he figures that's it. He's, he's going to turn around and he's going to go back and he's going to save him. During, during that showdown with Adelaide, he recalled Pompeii and the mm-hmm. lesson that he learned from Donna. And I don't remember how much we, we discussed this at the time, but you know, that m- marked a turning point for the 10th Doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, Save someone. Save anyone. right? And so you're going to see that moving forward, even into the 11th and 12th Doctor, that the idea of just save someone, save anyone – is going to become kind of an ongoing thing. And so uh, we we see him decide that this is one of those times where he can't save anyone. And um, like I said, until he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: That also, I love that at the end where he comes in and starts saving everyone and telling them what to do. Yeah. And he's like, here, take this ceiling thing that you've had this entire time. that will pressurize the thing or whatever. Right. Right. Why didn't they think of that themselves? Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it was just the Time Lord victorious doing his thing. Yep. So, um, I did think that I, I was I was watching you guys. I even paused it at one point and said, "What are you guys thinking right now?" I didn't know how to ask the question without leading you all too much, because um, in that moment when he changes his mind and right and he shows up, you know, in that doorway with like the light shining in from behind him, huh. and he just goes off. He's just like, fix this. Do that. Alright, let's mm-hmm. think. He's like doctor doctor problem-solving mode like he does, except a little bit of crazy in his eye. Mm-hmm. What were you guys thinking in that moment?
2: I, I honestly don't know.
1: He's that. insane. Okay, so The, the fix- doctor
2: has definitely changed in some way. That's all I was really thinking. Well, See? I
1: mean, definitely when he's sitting there like, no, I can't help. I can't help. You know what? I better leave. Y'all are gonna die. I can't help. I can't. And then he's like, I'm gonna help you all. da da da, da.
0: The first time I watched this, I didn't, I didn't pick up on the fact that he had gone too far. Let me rephrase that. I knew that he was breaking the laws of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just thought that the show was saying, "This is how we're going to do things now."
1: I really we did. We make all no the rules. We don't care about. Yeah, yours. I thought
0: this was going to be a turning point in the Tenth Doctor. Now, granted, I, I knew that I knew what was coming. But I thought this was going to be a turning point in the show that he was going to decide, you know what? I don't care. And when she's like, no one should have that much power. And he goes, tough. Mm-hmm. Even then, I was kind of like, that seems that's harsh. But annoying. I guess that's the way the show is going now. And it wasn't until she said, you're wrong, that I was like, oh, oh.
1: Oh, they're right. trying to say he's wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, going back and watching it subsequently, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's off his rocker a little bit. So he is. good I job for y'all.
1: Slightly insane.
0: Yeah, good good job mm-hmm. for y'all picking up on that better than I did at the. At the I was just being led right along by the doctor because I was like, he's the champion, he's mm-hmm. the good guy. So, uh, but you know, the the moral of this episode was the good guy can be wrong too. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yes.
0: good guy doesn't mean always right.
1: what did you say? I just said yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that, that is, is an interesting thing, and then it's going to, it's going to shape you know, his, la- his final adventure, you know, the fact that he, he realizes he went too far, and we're going to see that sort of weigh on him later. We're see- we saw it weigh on him at the end, right? When he went from the Time Lord Victorious to just broken at mm-hmm. the end, and then at the very last second, he, he kind of gets defiant again, right? You know, he says, is this my death? And then he goes back in, and we hear the cloister bells, and...
1: We see an oud. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is
0: Yeah, he's talking to the oud. He says, is this the end? Is this my death? Is, this, is it time? And then he goes inside, and the cloister bell rings, and he's standing there, and you can sort of see it on his face as he turns back to
1: resolve and says no, and then flips the switch and flies off. And um, the Bad Wolf theme played at some point for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, is this like the only song they have other than <laughs> the main theme of this?
0: Yeah, it is. It is a, a major theme when things get dramatic. So, so here's here's my problem though with with the laws of time and all this kind of stuff is in the end he still changed things.
2: Yes, yeah, still.
0: So there's there's like, two things.
2: Oh my goodness! You don't have to kill yourself
1: because it's still going to be changed. Right. All right. So Adelaide died. But she died completely differently. I know. Yeah. It's supposed to be this heroic, like, she blew up the base and no one really knows why. Now it's whatever. like, she just committed suicide with a laser gun or whatever. No, On the- Earth? Yeah. How did she get back to Earth? And then her granddaughter's oh, yeah. like, you know what? I want to be like my grandma. I kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh,
0: that, that was a massively different ending her mysterious mysterious death along mm, the, with the only
1: thing in the article that changes is just the fact that she died earth. on earth
0: yeah what? it just flips no. from mars to earth no, back no, to no, the future no. style. the
1: entire thing would be different yeah it yeah. would be
0: like shocking discovery <laughs> person
1: thought to be on mars shows up dead in her own house like what the heck along with two other people claiming that a man named the doctor saved them all from water creatures mm-hmm. trying to
0: Right. Well, presumably, disease. by this time, the Doctor is well enough known, right? Yeah. Because, you know, he's he's known by unit. He's known in a couple of different ways that, you know, the Earth got stolen. You know, Well, yeah, things, the
1: Earth got yeah. stolen.
0: Granted, that what? was 50 years prior to yeah. this event. But still, that's something you don't forget.
1: The Earth got stolen 50 years prior, but basically nobody knew that the Doctor was the one that saved them during that, did they? Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like...
0: They just kind, kind of were like, same, oh, now
1: we're back. Everyone like knows what happened, but they don't know it's the doctor right. that actually saved the so
0: her her mysterious death, along with the whole Bowie Base One crew, inspired her granddaughter to take humanity out to the stars, right? Why would her suicide on Earth inspire her in that same way? Like, sense. why would it be like, oh, yeah. n- you know, yes, the base got nuked, and then my grandmother showed up back on Earth. Now again. Maybe I, I guess Yuri and Mia survived, which one, first of all, that means they survived, right? Yeah. Like even so now though she everybody
1: can, knows everything that happened. Those aren't in their bios. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, oh, she died on Earth. But not not only that, but they survived. So
0: who knows what happens mm-hmm. then? They have children or they they impact other lives like I mean, you can have changed things,
1: right? You can mm-hmm. say Um Saving this one or. Er, Killing this one person that you know is going to be important will change everything, but you don't know by saving someone if they're going to be massively important because you saved them and then change everything as well. The only thing I can
0: figure is that Susan uh, must have, instead of being inspired by the mystery of the Bowie Base One catastrophe, she was inspired by the story
1: of her grandmother sacrificing Mm -hmm. everything and blah, blah, blah. But also, I like how the doctor was like, she was the first one to fly the light speed drive to Proxima Centauri. I feel like if the pilot had changed, some stuff they would, have changed, would have changed, but they yeah. still, yeah, they still would have gone. They probably still would yeah. have gone on the same day. The or pilot,
0: whatnot. The pilot doesn't drive the entire program, mm-hmm. space program. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. So, uh, but apparently some great, 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 great granddaughter ends up creating a whole new species by marrying Mm -hmm. some alien or something. So that's fun. Uh, Corbin, did you put this note here?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: where were the reapers?
3: (laughs) Where Uh, on the,
0: on the wiki, I, uh, I, I fell down a rabbit hole of discontinuity about this episode and, and one person's theory. Now this is just someone who, who wrote on the wiki, right? they said that the reason the reaper showed up was not because someone who was supposed to die survived, but that someone went back in time in order to prevent someone from dying, which caused a paradox. Mm. That was this person's theory, and I like it. Because you create a time paradox. If Rose went back to save her father, therefore her father lived, then she never would have gone back to save him, therefore he would have died, blah, blah, blah. It's a paradox. Mm -hmm. In this case, the doctor saved her, he didn't go there to save her. So what they what the person said was, if Susan had gone back in time to save her grandmother, then that would have created a paradox.
1: But since there was no paradox, the Reapers didn't come. Hmm. What do you think, Corbin? I mean, it's hard Ten. to judge intent. You can't... It's, I mean, I guess if you are time beings that eat everything when a paradox <laughs> occurs, you have some power, but... To really determine whether or not they intended to go back in time, with the sole well, no, no, purpose, no, 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 of- no, it's,
0: they don't have to know. the The intention is what causes the paradox. If someone went back in time in order to save someone, then the act of saving them would make it so that they would never intend to go back in the first place. The doctor oh. just showed up on Mars; mm-hmm. oh, he wasn't okay. there to do anything. So that's the only reason that he's not creating a paradox by saving her, even though he didn't save her.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Or so, well, saving Yuri and Mia. So. At any rate, let's uh let's jump on down to our overall impressions. We heard Jared give it eight point five projectile vomiting water jets. Holy cow, that was Ew. both times that happened, <laughs> that <laughs> was horrifying. So I am gonna go ahead and give it nine tiny pupils in white <laughs> horrible eyes. Tiny tiny pupils. Tiny tiny pupils. Corbin, what do you got?
1: Uh I thought this was definitely a good one. We've discussed a lot of stuff that just brings it down a little bit. Slightly. <laughs> like I mean, you can't That's be That's not perfect. what we're supposed
0: to do. We're supposed to make the enjoyment more enjoyable,
1: not eh. lower it. Eh, anyways. Mm. anyways, I still thought it was really good. It was definitely an 8.5 black mouths due black to people. fission <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> fission Trip. to create water. Tripp, what do you got?
2: Um, I have to agree with you. I'm going to go with 9 out of 10 crumbly mouth or yeah. faces. Or crumbly
0: faces. <laughs>
1: crumbly. <laughs> I don't think that is the right word. Cracked and
0: crumbly faces. Uh, creep level Jared gave it 375 trip. What are you going to say?
2: Um, I mean, this one was, you know, it wasn't like not scary, but it wasn't like nightmare scary. Well, I mean, it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't. This episode
1: was not nightmare fuel. It wasn't? Oh, wow. Okay.
2: Like they just didn't play it out enough for it to be scary. Like it wasn't horror movie scary but if they actually worked on I these like characters it could
1: have been i feel like they, also like could they definitely have had for potential. a lot more jump scares which oh yeah kind of a cheap scare but yeah it would have definitely brought it I mean, up they, a they lot. did
0: at least what two or three jump scares I yeah think. you have the so initial that's pretty good, good for around. a one hour episode so. yeah but, yeah jump scare with water splashing on the camera that was yeah, really yeah. Blah, blah. So, blah, blah, blah. so so trip what's your score
2: um, I'm going to give it 347 creep levels.
1: 347, 347 out of 500 creep 47. levels? Uh, Corbett, what do you got? Uh, I already mentioned earlier that I thought the it was creepy at first. You have the first jump scare, and it's like, oh, man, that's kind of weird and creepy. And then the more you look at it, it's just a lot more weird and not so creepy, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was this weird thing. Where I feel like with monsters in scary horror movies, they have to be a lot less human-like than you would normally think. Yeah, yeah. On this weird boundary where they're almost human-like, but also just the right amount to make them really creepy. And I didn't think Mm -hmm. these guys were. But I'm still going to say this is about a 320 for me. Um, I hate I hate these guys um,
0: oh, <laughs> the, why? the flood I love them they're they're great love bad guys to hate but I them. hate them uh, that's why I love them I just I, like I said the longer I watch them the wetter they got oh. they're just horrifying they're just gross and terrible and mm. their mouths never stop that's yeah. I don't know why that disturbs me so much but the water never stops coming out of their mouths you know how and it just bothers me
1: must it be to be acting.
0: Did you see entirely wet? Did you see at least two occasions? I think they were both inside the biodome when there was, you could see their breath. It was so cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking those poor actors, they are covered in water. water. And by the way, they had freezing. no way to uh, run hot water through that thing. So that was whatever temperature water oh. just running through their, their oh. costumes all day. Dangerous. And it was freezing cold. So, um, but yeah, it, it's, it, I don't know. They are just so disturbing to me. They're just constantly mm-hmm. wet, and they just keep getting wetter. Not only do they not dry, they get wetter throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. To at the end, when they're all standing like in the hallway, raising their hands or whatever, it's and like, there's is like is there a going off? Yes. Right now, and the other the other thing is like okay, so the creatures, right? Like the, the the like people that are deformed, they're horrifying, right? They are. But then the flood as a as a as a baddie. Is also terrifying to me because the doctor just says, water waits. It'll tear down mountains, it mm. washes away the earth. You know, like they're like, oh, there's ten feet of, of reinforced steel. Doesn't matter. Water will
1: get through. And it's true. Water it will is. find its way through. I mean, water can destroy everything. Especially intelligent water. You can like cut yes. through pieces yes. of wood with pressurized water. Right.
0: Right. And and the other thing like Tripp was just hinting at is the doctor said Uh, And when Adelaide said that this tube was airtight, therefore watertight, and the doctor says, "Depends on how clever the water is," you know, like, "Oh my gosh!" So it's bad enough to think about water seeping into everything and destroying everything, but then imagine if that water was intelligent,
2: how clever! If you had
0: clever water, so
2: and also it turns you into, for all we know, human-eating monsters.
0: Yeah, exactly. So clever water
1: actually sounds like. A water brand. <laughs> <Clever> <laughs> smart water.
0: water. Clever water. That's what they call smart water in the UK. So combining those two ideas of, of intelligent water that will find you no matter where you are, or no matter how tightly you are sealed in, and all it takes is one drop, and then combine that with what it turns you into. I'm giving this 425 out of 500 mm. creep levels. Come at me. Okay. Uh, no, no theories this week, um, unless you guys want to speculate about the
1: next episode at all. Maybe they'll be the master. The doctor some, dies. Well, we already saw that, so. And some ood. I have a great oog. idea. The doctor dies.
0: <gasps> oh. Spoilers! Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, let's see. in the next to next
0: episode. Uh, once again, no uh, no listener input, so we'll just move on to the game plan, guys. As Jared mentioned, it's time to go get your tickets. If you haven't already, go to fathomevents.com and look for uh, the Doctor Who 10th anniversary of The End of Time. They're going to be showing The End of Time Parts 1 and 2, the Christmas special and the New Year special, and then following it up with a special, never-before-seen interview with David Tennant. It'll be at the movie theater, so again, if you are in the Dallas, Texas area, give us a shout-out. Go to facebook.com slash noobsandthewhovian.com and message us there, or email us at noobsinthewhovian at gmail.com. We'll let you know where we're going to be, and maybe you can come out to that theater. Uh, we're we're going to be going to one. I believe it's in Plano. I need to double check. Uh, so uh, give us a holler, and maybe we can meet up, say hi, and uh, go go catch this together. At the very least, the three of us are going to go catch it together. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it. This is a great uh, set of episodes. I can't wait to see them on the big screen. I've never seen Doctor Who on the big screen. There have been a couple of Doctor Who showings in the theater since we moved here to Dallas Hmm. and I've not been to any of them. So I'm really looking forward to this. Maybe this
2: will become a thing that we do.
0: It could like be. I mean, the timing on it is amazing. It is the tenth yes. anniversary. That's the only reason they're showing it in the theater, and it just so happened to be a couple of weeks after when we were planning to do it, and mm-hmm. all we had to do was just postpone it and uh, and do some extra stuff in the meantime. So, I mean,
2: even if it's like earlier on episodes, I would still like to see them in the theater. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that would just be a good thing to go back and re.
0: That would be. That would be fun things. to go and do that, even if we're yeah, even if we don't do a special thing with the. Uh, with the podcast. So go to noobsinthehoovian.com and scroll down to the bottom of the notes under the game plan and you'll get a direct link to Fathom Events or you can just go to fathomevents.com, punch in your zip code. It'll be August 7th. So that's this Wednesday. It's only a few days away. You got to go get your tickets so they don't get sold out. This Wednesday, August 7th, 7 p.m. at local time, wherever you are. So if you're on the East Coast, you'll get to see it before us. But that's okay. Uh, So go check that out. If you're not going to do that, just go on over to Amazon Prime Uh, and check out the 10th anniversary uh, David Tennant special, The End of Time, Parts 1 and 2. Noobs in the Whovian, as always, is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy.
1: Hi, I'm (laughs) Grip.
0: Our production editor is this guy.
1: Hey, I'm Corbin.
0: And special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And thanks, as always, to our Patreons for supporting family-friendly, independent media. Uh, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Email us at Noobs at gmail.com. And consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Noobs the Please subscribe wherever you found us. Leave us a rating. Uh, Share us with uh, some friends, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, guys, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Trek. And And we're the Noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time.
2: Goodbye. Be whip.